Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to episode 53 of the BRP, the Brighton Rock Podcast, with me and Peter as usual, and we are joined again by Andy Knott. Hello, Andy. Hello. How are you doing? I'm okay-ish. Had a shit <laughs> week at work. You know. Oh, <laughs> never mind. But the football's gone reasonably well, hasn't it? Which we'll, of course, yeah. be talking about. Um, and Peter, all good with you? Yeah, not bad, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. Had a good weekend so far. Yeah, not I thought you might have Monday done. To, not happy it's Monday. Soft tomorrow. beverages at this time in the uh, in the day, yeah. not on the beers yet. So I'm assuming you had a very good weekend so far. But yeah, not happy it's Monday tomorrow. That's the one below. So oh, never mind, never mind. Well, this this episode we're going to talk about the Saints game, uh, look ahead to the Newcastle match, and there's a few bits of news that have been going on around in the general world of footy. So first of all, I think we'll take the subject that's. Um, come up most recently um the couple of sackings one rumored one definite um the cowley brothers or at least certainly danny cowley has been sacked from they um, both have they both have they yeah from huddersfield which is a curious timing because they've only been there 10 months they were poached from lincoln hot properties um they've struggled but they were expected to anyway and they've just come off the back of a pretty impressive 2-1 win against west brom and subsequently they have now parted company uh, a bit of a strange decision, uh, seeing as they've got the, the ultimate job done for this year and would have, they would have been looking to kick on and see how they could do next season. But anyway, that's their decision. Especially However, after they beat West Brom as well, which is yeah, a exactly. big result. Crazy timing. Um, perhaps slightly curiously timed is the rumoured sacking, as we're speaking, yet to be confirmed, of Nigel Pearson at Watford, who admittedly has had a much more poor recent result. Um, But he has steered them to relative safety, at least for the moment, at least uh, pending the the final two games, Um, uh, from a six-point position of inferiority in the chase to avoid the drop. Uh, What's your view on that, guys? Um, I mean, Peter, first of all, what's your Just on top of what we were just saying, the BBC are now reporting as well, as of the last ten minutes or so. So it's looking more and more likely that... Yeah, strange scenario. What what do you think about it? Do you think it's a good decision? It's very odd. I mean, I mean the, the way they've been, they've managed the club ever since they've been there. They're the positives are kind of like they've been sacking players a lot yeah. and sacking managers regularly. Yeah. And, you know, and they've they've had like seasons with like three or four managers, and this it looks like to be another one. I think this season was the first one they'd had the same manager at the start of the season as the end of it since they've been in the Premier League, pretty much. Yeah. And obviously, then they went a bit, but then they sacked uh, Gracia, where I did about. Six weeks or whatever, but yeah, I mean, there were six points below adrift at the bottom yeah. when he when he went there. I mean, it's surprising, but not surprising if you know what I mean. It's very Watford, isn't it, Andy? <laughs> yeah, um, 
I mean, it's dread, dreadful timing. Um, as Peter says, they've got a history of uh, ploughing through their managers. And, you know, draw the contrast with Bloom on that one. Mm. Um, Bloom is very loyal. Uh, and I'm, uh, I mean, if you come to me at a certain point where um, there's a kind of clamour for removing Potter, um, I will probably say, let's not just do that yet. Mm. Um, yeah. I, I'm not not a fan of this, second new managers. Um, for the Albion, I suspect in the long term, it's probably a good thing because um, I think it's a poor decision on their, their behalf. I think that their squad's aging a little bit. I mean, Saar looks like an extremely good signing. Yeah. They're very reliant on Dini. They've got a couple of other good players, I think, Although he's dirty, Kapua is a good defensive midfield player. Dini, you feel, like, can't have that many years left in him as well. He's like, especially um, no, at the top level. His, uh, Dini is wily. He's Murray-esque. Yeah. And you would imagine mm. that he, he'll eke out um, some more years. And he's the, kind, he's the kind of ethos of the club, isn't he? Um, their mm. club. Um, Decore is obviously a great player. I mean, their defence isn't up to much good. I think Foster's had an extremely good season. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah I suppose there we are with Watford, really. Um, yeah. I suspect that they're a relegation candidate for next season. Yes, that's, that's what I've been looking to already. I think they probably will be. But that's going to be regardless of whether they change managers or not. I agree that uh, Dini is talismanic, isn't he, as well with the club, and I think he will certainly be part of whatever does go forward over the next couple of years. Well, we don't know if Watford are going to be in the division or not, but um, one team we know definitely will be after a 16-year absence, and I can see Peter celebrating. He's got his Leeds top on. <laughs> He's got his scarf waving around. Uh, yes, it's the mighty, mega, megaverse dominant force that is Leeds United back in the Premier League. Everyone's happy yeah, everyone's happy. I remember Martin Kieran once saying on Football Focus rather ludicrously that uh, they're everyone's second favourite team. Um, somebody on, uh, who was it, Howard Wilkinson? No, it was somebody else said... Um, it was Howard Wilkinson. It was, who said they were yeah, disappointed and that when everyone was disappointed when they got relegated. No. <laughs> and uh, I've, enjoyed, I've yeah, rather I think enjoyed actually, this. And yesterday, yeah, didn't he say the Premier League was, it was more the Premier League that would benefit from Leeds being up than Leeds being benefited from the Premier League, which yeah, is exactly. one of the most arrogant statements about a club I've ever heard <laughs> in my life. It's yeah, embarrassing. It's full-on shitface has begun already, hasn't it, really, with this? I mean, social media has been a nightmare in general this year for Leeds fans. I've largely steered clear of it all. I know you haven't always, Peter. But um, in terms of recently, I've, I had a quick look at the weekends and they're all going on about Ben White again, saying he was joining in with the um, celebrations and he clearly wants to stay, in their view. Um, well, we'll see about that. But... but The amazing rewriting of history to me is the fact that we didn't care, you know, we weren't interested in him, we didn't realise he was any good, uh, and that's why we loaned, they were happy to loan him to Leeds. So the fact that we didn't allow them to have a, a built-in fee built into the, the deal yeah. shows how much we rated him. The fact that we loaned him out to clubs shows we didn't think he was good. It's like, no, no, that's how <laughs> players develop. That's a career path that a lot of players go through. Yeah. It's just... They're just such idiots. You know, the kind of obviously there are some good Leeds fans probably somewhere. I, I'm not sure where, but the, the vast majority are just so arrogant. It's ridiculous. Yeah, you, I mean, you you two enjoy trawling through social media to kind of vent your spleen at the nonsense. But you know, I spend too much of my time on North Stand chat, and there's plenty of drivel on there. Of course, some of it perpetrated by me as, <laughs> as well. <laughs> yeah, oh, certainly it is. It is a lot like that, isn't it? One thing I did have a look at Leeds Forum. Actually, speaking of uh, fans forums and um, the, the main one marching all together, I think it was, and they they were um, yeah, they had some City fans coming on who were all congratulating Leeds and saying they're looking forward to a joint kind of anti-Man United sentiment for the new season ahead. So it's interesting they're ingratiating themselves together there. At least the ones on the forum were anyway. But uh, well. Um, very, very begrudging congratulations to them. I think just purely on the balance of football, they obviously do deserve to go up um, because they've, well, they've, they've done it. <laughs> Simple mathematical fact. It's been close though, isn't it, with Brentford pushing all the way um, and until they managed to slip up for the first time after an eight-game winning streak, largely since restart, um, they finally got it in their own hands and slipped up 
losing at Stoke of all places, albeit Stoke have a reasonably good record uh, at home. Um, and that's put it right back in West Brom's hands. Yeah. Going to it's the funny what the point. pressure does to you, isn't it? It's completely different pressure chasing when you, yeah. you can't, you know, you're, you're, it's not in your hands and it's like, well, we'll just keep on winning. But then the minute it goes into your hands, the pressure changes in your favourites. Yeah, it really and does. Uh, people, people said it as a prediction, and it, sure enough, it came to fruition. And they only needed to draw yesterday as well. Yeah, a draw would have been okay, um, coupled with a win in the next game, or, or match of results anyway. Um, but yeah, it's, it's odd now. And, and even a draw for Brentford with a win for West Brom, I don't think would do it, because Fulham could overtake them. Um, so they've really got to win and hope for the best, uh, Brentford. Shame, because I like them as a club. Having yeah, said I was that, hoping they go up. A new team in the Premier League with their new yeah. round and... Yeah, I mean, they haven't been top flight since 1947. Um, they have got a nice style of play. I like the manager. I like his vibe. I like the fans I've met through the years. And I like the way they play football. And I think they've got some really good players. The upside, if they end up missing out altogether, is um, there's certain players might be up for grabs. The downside is Leeds will know all about them. They'll certainly be fine for them. But unfortunately, people further up the food chain might as well. We'll have to wait and see. Um, You're going to mention your, your favourite player at the moment, then, are you? Got to say it, Ben Rama. Watkins is good too, but Ben Rama. I think, I think Watkins is probably a more realistic Albion target, to be honest. It's like I think he probably ben is. Ben Rama's being linked with Chelsea and Arsenal and. Yeah, Liverpool apparently as well, we're yeah. looking. Um, yeah, I think realistically speaking, that's absolutely true. I watched the game yesterday, and actually, both he and the team, particularly he, had a poor game, actually, Ben Rama. Uh, first time I've seen him not play that well. Not for a while. You, you could argue, given their attacking options, maybe the way he plays might be the reason if he doesn't play well. Yeah. Might, it might lead to the team not playing so well. True. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll can I say this. a couple of things on Leeds? Oh, please do. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the the first one is following on from that Watford comment. Um, I I think it's good for us. Um, I I'm not quite sure what their ownership is and how much cash that they'll have. But mm. if you and I also um, I'll caveat with what I'm what I'm saying by saying, saying I haven't seen them a great deal. But if you factor in that, I suppose the players that certainly have attracted the most attention are Calvin Phillips, who, by the sounds of things, is a cracking player. Um, Ben White, who is our player. And I'd like to come back on that with my second point. Um, Pablo Hernandez, who's a creative player, but he's 35 years old. Yeah. And Patrick Bamford, who I think is the only forward in their squad. Hmm. Now, if they've got Patrick Bamford as their only forward in their squad, um, they're in big trouble. A lot of surgery. He's, yeah. he's, he's played in the Premier League before. Um, and Not uh, his return is, is just hmm. dreadful. Yeah. Uh, so they'll probably need two strikers at the very least. They need a new centre back. Yeah. They've got a, they've got a very I, weird I situation. That yeah. They they could give us fifteen to twenty million pounds for Duffy. Um, yeah. Because, you might be as I reason. said last time I was on here, Duffy deserves to be playing Premier League football. Yeah. yeah. Just um, quickly as an aside, I was going to say they were reportedly interested in Hayden Roberts. I presume they were. Um, possibly even as a permanent. So I don't know if that was based on the championship or not, um, but whether they want to go for him, I don't think we'll sell him either, to be honest. Yeah, I, 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 I saw Roberts in that cup game, and he, he's, he's a good, serious player. He's a really yeah. good player. Um, the, the interesting thing with strikers... There's, there's no way that they'll take um, Roberts for for the Premier League. Um, no, no, I don't, might, I don't think it would. Might be uh, kind of long-term investment. Sorry, Peter. Peter. I was just going to say, there's an interesting, weird thing going on with one of the strikers they got on loan in January from Leipzig, who they haven't played because of injury or played like once and then got injured. And there are reports that they've, they've got to pay 20 million for him, even <laughs> if they go up. Yeah. And um, I mean, they, they have to they have a choice. I, I think Bielsa has disowned him, hasn't he? Yeah. But there's mm. reports are that Leipzig have got them on a contract whether that they can't say. So he didn't, yeah, they didn't extend the loan. But they might actually have to pay the 20 million for him, which yeah. or 15, 20 million for him, which obviously would put a, a large chunk in their transfer budget for someone they don't really want. Mm. My, my second point on Leeds is, um, and as I pointed out, Ben White is our player. I, I think the best thing for everybody would be if Ben White plays for at least one season in the Premier League with his club. Um, mm. And if he's as good as everyone says he is, um, it will be shown by how he plays in the Premier League. 
But if Ben White comes, I think we should spend our close season um, working out how to play a back three. And then we've we've got three of the best, well, certainly the three best English cent- central defenders playing yeah, together. That's right, they're all English, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't really and, and we've also got Lassie as well, who's ideally yeah. suited. Mm. Yeah. And, and Hugo Bernardo might... should be as well, really, yeah. if they can sort him out. Yeah, we've, if not, we might be looking for another one of equal quality or abil- potential ability. Yeah. I actually well, thought we played some of our best football in the start of the season with a three at the back, and yeah, but we just great. weren't quite translating it to win results. We weren't yeah. quite winning the games we should do. But we were playing some absolutely beautiful football. It was like really good to see. Mm. And it was, I think, because we we weren't winning games, we changed it a bit. But it's, but it was really good to watch. Yeah, and we we employed a form of that, didn't we, on the in the game with Saints, which we'll come to in a minute. But um, I think we looked comfortable in the first half, and it's only when they got their, got into their stride second half that things changed. But we'll, we'll get into Saints in a minute. Just a couple of bits on the promotion battle. Um, Helder Costa, I think, is secured on a permanent, isn't he, with them as well, Leeds. Um, but looking at them, looking at West Brom, looking at maybe to a lesser extent Brentford, I think any of those teams, and Fulham as well, any of those sides come up, they have got to be odds-on favourites for the drop. Um, because I've seen them play good football, they're entertaining, they're good sides, but there's such a gulf between them, even the struggling sides in the Prem. If you look at the likes of Watford, there's a, sort of, there's a sharpness and incisiveness that can come out in games for those teams. That's a gulf between what the championship's doing and the, the grapple to get the promotion places. And I think it's a big, it's a tough ask just to stay up. It really is going to be next season for whoever comes up, unless they splash loads of cash. Yeah. And even if they do, well, Villa did. Yeah. yeah, it's no guarantee. And Fulham as well. The joker for them is a Bielsa, I suppose, in a way. It's can he do like a Wilder and actually get yeah. the best out of players who, on paper, aren't Premier League quality or certainly not. Yeah. top our Premier League quality and, and turn them into a team who actually can be. Also, the teams that are going down at the moment, as it, as it looks, you've, you've got um, Norwich have come straight back down. There's a very good chance Villa are coming straight back down. And, um, Bournemouth, and, and Bournemouth, who are, who are one nil down after 60 minutes. Apparently, Ings has just missed a penalty. Yeah, he has. Uh, yes. Yeah. Which is why I, you might have seen me in the background going, holding yeah. my head. He's also scored his 21st goal of the season. And so, will, I suppose we'll come on to Ings very soon. Indeed, yes. Um, so, so, yes, so two of those teams look like they're going straight back down. That means the teams that are surviving are already used to the division, they're going to be another year used to the division. I think that makes that gap even more difficult to bridge for the teams coming up. Um, And it could be someone like uh, Forrest, who I think have done well. They've been well organised, I think tactically good. I'm not sure he gets on with everyone, their manager, Lamushi, but I think they would have an enormous gap to fill if they managed to get promoted, for example. Um, But the other thing thing about the promoted clubs is there's such a short transfer window, isn't there? I mean, that will be particularly the case for them going through the playoffs. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, so, agreed, yeah. And also the lack of atmosphere. I mean, as much as I don't like Leeds, obviously Ellen Road does have a very good atmosphere and not having home games in front of fans initially and and even if you do then have it, it'll be a quarter of the fans or whatever, everyone wearing masks, it's going to be a blow for them. Yeah. Um, let me just correct what I said. It isn't that the transfer window is short. It's a long transfer window, but it finishes, I think, three or four weeks into the season. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? Um, which means that they won't be able to integrate players. Yeah. Uh, and that kind of just flags up to me that we really need to buy our two or three quality signings very early. Yeah. But I think that is, it is where we benefit that, that we don't need a lot. And yeah. we do, and we probably need it more attacking, which in a way is easier to integrate players in than if you ever like, try to build a defensive partnership. Yeah, yeah. agreed. Mm. Absolutely. Just quickly, um, sifting through a bit of other news on the EFL front, um, obviously we had um, some remarkable stuff going on at Wigan. They've gone into administration, obviously struggling. They're worrying about getting over the uh, potential threshold should a 12-point deduction occur. Um, they've only just drawn their last game, which means they, if they win, um, well, they would have to win to avoid the dropping into the bottom three if the 12 points... 93rd minute equaliser from Charlton yeah. as well. From Charlton, very, your very, boys down there, yeah. Peter, who have given themselves a fighting chance. But I think two teams would have to win if Wigan win uh, for it to be a problem because of uh, the way that, that both sides are on the same points. Um, I think they've however, got Fulham home next weekend, who are still technically in, in the chance yeah. of uh, 
So it's going to be second after yesterday's result. It's going to be uh, intriguing, isn't it? Um, but Wigan, of course, last time out before that draw, got a remarkable eight-nil win, um, which was a championship record, I think, or joint record. And um, they also um, were seven-nil up at half time. I mean, can you remember, remember being seven-nil up watching your team? <laughs> we'd, we'd dream for that one, wouldn't we? Absolutely. I've only seen us win eight-nil once, and that was <laughs> against Northwich. So not really. Oh, a... Yeah. Uh, so there we go. Um, uh, also in the news, Wickham have got promoted for the first time in their history to the championship. They were playing the playoff last time we were recording. They've um, they've run out winners in their match, so congratulations to, to them. I think they're very direct, but technically quite good and very well organised. Gareth Ainsworth, the longest serving manager, is certainly going to continue that into the future by the looks. And um, they beat a much more footballing side in Oxford, who um, are a really nice side to watch. They've got some good players some of whom it sounds like they might lose. And Cole Robinson isn't too happy about that, understandably. Sounds a bit ambiguous as to whether they're going to be able to match his ambitions and persuade him to stay on. But um, they're a good footballing side. Rob Dickey at centre-back particularly is good. Um, But Wickham, interestingly, they are something like 23rd in the rankings for passing, short passes, completed passes and average possession stats. I think they're 23rd in their division, which um, is absolutely remarkable for a team getting promoted, isn't it? Um, Again, I'm not sure, even Brighton in the playoff 91, we can't have had stats as bad as that for getting into a playoff, let alone winning one. (laughs) So Yeah, although technically a lot of fans would say they didn't get into the playoffs. Yeah, exactly, yeah. It was on the points per game, shuffling around, wasn't it? They were were Um, 7th or 8th when... Yeah, that's it. Um, one other bit on the playoff front, your local team of old, Peter Barnett, again due to um, the points per game, ended up in the playoffs, uh, rather a different format uh, for the National League Prem. Um, there's eliminators, isn't there, with teams mm. who finished above other teams have the home advantage in a one-off game. Then they play away to the next team who's waiting for them, which in Barnett's case, having won their first game at Yeovil yesterday, is a visit to Notts County. And the other game is... Um, so, uh, Bora Wood, Wood, who, are, uh, who are also won. Good day for Northern Week for North London. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They're against um, Harrogate, I think. Harrogate away, Harrogate. yeah. And the winners of those two games then play uh, the playoff final, don't they? So an outside chance of Barnet getting through. Interesting. Um, we had Sean, the Man United fan on, who also is Barnet season ticket holder. He'll be uh, no doubt following that one closely. Um, one other bit of news from the EFL before we move on to the match review. Um, Bristol City are the latest team to... Oh, well, they've sacked uh, Lee Johnson, I think. We've probably reported on that already. Mm-hmm. But they have had been the latest club to have a player report racist abuse at the weekend. Um, social media, pictures of bananas posted to his social media account. It's uh, Famara Diadue, I think it's pronounced, um, who's their striker, big man at the top. Um, no more to say really on this, is there? Just it's an endless torrent of um, just well, ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah, depressing stuff. But what, we just what, hope what morons, yeah. We just hope but we're, just... we're living in a moment that's more than a moment, it's more protracted than that, where the far right are on in the ascendancy or they're, they're gaining ground. Hmm. Um, and I, I love the symbolism of, of the taking the knee before the games. Yeah, um, I think it's great. It's been good. Uh, I was interested to note that um, Match of the Day's commentators, I think with the exception of our game, actually, funnily enough, um, didn't say anything either during it. They've just left it to its own. Obviously, they've edited it so uh, for the highlights versions, but um, they weren't saying anything during the um, commentary on that. They just showed a clip of it mm. as if to say it would have more poignancy that way, which I think it probably mm-hmm. does at this stage. They've made, they've made it pretty clear what it's all about, so I don't think anybody's... <laughs> unaware of that now so yeah that's interesting stuff um, yeah, I mean if we get back into the stadium I think we ought to uh, join the players in taking the knee mm. <laughs> yeah it might be a bit awkward in the in the seating areas <laughs> but we can try well, it, it won't <laughs> be because there'll only be like about one seat in like yeah. five three open it won't use or whatever so we'll have loads of space <laughs> <laughs> and I tell you what when that stadium reopens, it's purely for local people. None of you Londoners coming down. <laughs> hey, hey. No, none of that. We'll have none of that. No, actually, funnily enough, on the Seagulls over London, um, the supporter group, we've been um, having a discussion on the Zoom chat post-match from the last game and um, just gauging opinions of what people would do. And I think the majority of the people I spoke to the other, yesterday, the day before yesterday, was um, that... 
they would be quite willing to sit it out and take it easy and not actually do uh, the, the coming down in a limited um, opening arrangement. I think partly because of the travel. I think I'm thinking along those lines. Yeah. I know um, a few others are the same. Just think, well, you've got the public transport and the travel coming and going from the grounds. And if you've got further to go, you want to get on with it. Um, you know, I think those reasons are putting people off as much as anything. So you could have the West Upper could be yours, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> and a few other locals yeah we'll see yeah okay well uh, just a quick update as we're recording i think southampton is still one nil up at bournemouth um which yeah. will go one half of the way towards confirming what we pretty much already know which is that we're going to be playing premier league football i think barring a catast- catastrophic swinging goal difference um next season um i think conscious we we've on the good old zoom chats of 40 minutes here so we're going to probably take a half-time break at this point so that we can come back fresh for the second half talking about the saints game and looking ahead to newcastle plus any other news so join us again shortly Okay, we're back with part two, and we're going to talk about the game that has probably seen us over the line for sure now. The Southampton match, we'll also preview Newcastle in a minute. Um, Andy, Peter, I'm taking it you caught the game in full. Um, what were your views on it? A one-all draw, having taken the lead, a valuable point that pretty much sees us safe. Andy, what's, uh, what's your, your view on the game first? I'd probably call it a one-all massacre, actually. Um, <laughs> But especially in the second half, although, um, you know, they came good towards the end. They had, they, they had a poor first half, came good towards the end of it, uh, and were fantastic in the second half. Mm. Um, but it was a really quite exciting game of football, I thought. Um, mm. And, yeah, the petty shit house. what a celebration. LAUGHTER <laughs> <laughs> who, who do you think he was referring to at that particular point? Well, I thought there were two things came to mind. Now, first of all, it obviously resembled Scalotto with the whole Zaha thing and Scalotto yeah. on, on his way out, which has since been announced now, by the way, a bit of Albion news there um, for sure. So I thought it could be that. or It could, it could have been a snipe at uh, Gwen Doozy, I suppose, yeah. for the crybaby antics. Um, yeah. Gwen Doozy, who apparently now is being linked with Barcelona this morning in a swap deal <laughs> involving Coutinho. <laughs> which it's just one of the most bizarre suggestions for a transfer. He's not that good. <laughs> why, yeah. why would he be linked with Barcelona? That's very odd. I mean, I do think he's a half-decent player, but um, yeah, Barcelona, no, not really for me. They've, they've got some curious ideas in their heads at the moment, Barca. Mm. Um, but an election coming up, which might change their thinking a bit if the new man gets in. But yeah, a great celebration. <laughs> Did make me laugh. Um Pretty good goal as well, wasn't it? Throw in, flick on from Andy, a flick on from uh, from Murray, uh, who had his first start for ages since lockdown, certainly. Um, an interest, a small but key contribution, because he flicked it on just the right place for Morpé to bustle into the box mm. and do a reverse shot into the uh, opposite corners of the way he was moving. Brilliant finish, clinical. Uh, great goal, wasn't it, Peter? Yeah, yeah I mean, my dad Paul, always said we Paul, never score from throw-ons. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> poor, poor, poor defending, I thought. Um, but the way in which Mopé put the ball through the defender's legs, um, that kind of wrong-sighted the keeper. Wrong-sighted? Yeah. That's not quite right, is it? Uh, blind-sighted. Um, yeah, blind-sighted, blind-sighted. and wrong-footed. <laughs> That's what I... Both of those. You're combining it into one, one ultimate thing. Yes. Yeah. He, was, he was blind-footed, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, yeah, so I mean, that, that was great. And it was early on, wasn't it, as far as the 17th minute of the game. Yeah. We'd already had a bright start. Um, we looked really good, I thought. And um, Trust yeah. again, pulling some strings, wasn't it? Yeah, he even got a header on target from distance, which wasn't, wasn't really that bad from that far out. Um, and, yeah, we, we looked pretty decent. I think Murray had a shot over the bar, didn't he, in the first half as well, which was a bit of a snapshot. Um, but all in all, I think the general approach play was good. We looked quite proactive. Um, we're taking the game to them. And Saints weren't quite in their stride. And, and that's the way it was all the way up to half-time. Um, second half, a bit of a different story in terms of they definitely had a lot more purpose, I thought. Um, we had Walker-Peters Walker- made a difference. They, their fullbacks, they yeah. were saying, are really key yeah. to their game. 
yeah. and he and yeah, Hoyberg wasn't is not the right back. So mm. yeah, having Walker Peters on, he was like he had we had caused us a lot of problems down that side. Yeah, Hoyberg scored against us before, didn't he? I think there was someone had a key yeah. block on one of his shots at one point as well. Um, Dunk had a clearance off the line, which was good. Um, I think it was an offside goal at one 0 wasn't it? Yeah, um, first well, half that, that, that wasn't was it? in the first half the when first they half. began yeah, to yeah. come good, and yeah. it was of course Ings that put it in. Yeah, and but, of course it was Ings that put one in later on as well, which did count. Sixty-six. The goal, the, it definitely was coming. The goal wasn't it? I mean, they were looking. Yeah, and when he broke three, um, there was only one outcome from that. I, hmm. I think there was a little bit of naivety from Lamperty um, hmm. there. Yeah. Uh, but beyond, in the second half, and not just in the second half, but in terms of defending in the second half, Dunk and even more so Webster were just absolutely wonderful, absolutely brilliant. Hmm. Um, and the quality of our defending since Heaton came in has been so good really has yeah uh, yeah we're stepping on and I think it looks to me like Webster has started to really find his feet now um, there's definitely a swing in popular opinion um, which is good but, uh, and I think also he'll he'll look more comfortable again in a three because there is that extra protection if he does lose it like yeah. that Liverpool game where there's the extra two one one comes out that brings the ball out and then you almost lose the need necessarily to have that defensive midfielder to take the ball from the goalkeeper because you've got one an extra centre half there to do it yeah and I certainly like the, the, the three at the back idea, which Andy suggested earlier in this pod. Um, the one thing it's curious about it is um, uh, Raymond, the gent, friend of the show, um, raised a point about which feet they like to play with and who would be favoured on that side. I think he's wondering if there's a conundrum to be solved in terms of who would go in which position within that back three. Well, well um, I, I think that would be quite easily solved. Hmm. Dunk, Dunk has played on the left side of a two hmm. pretty much all, all the way through and Webster used to play on the left side as well yeah. um, so I think, I think the question is actually slightly more if the player at the centre of the three centre backs um, who, is, who is the one that if that player is more withdrawn i.e. plays a little bit further behind the other two which one would that be? I'd be tempted um, to have Dunk as the older, more experienced player in the centre of the three, probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially if where you say Webster's played in the left-hand side of a three, or, or two or three before, just because um, he's well, the most experienced. The other factor there is about pace, isn't it? Um, and um, there was another instance um, of Webster's pace, an absolutely brilliant um, last-ditch tackle in the penalty area against yeah. Southampton. And in terms of Southampton, well, they've they've really transformed themselves. They're super fit, well organised. Their pressing is brilliant. Um, they're a really exciting team now. All of a sudden, yeah. And it, it yeah, an example of the, of the other side of the Watford conundrum and that sort of thing. Of you know, you stick by a manager when I would say ninety nine percent of teams would have sacked him after mm. they lost nine nil to Leicester and they were on a bad run anyway. And they stood by him, they stuck with him, and he's he's turned it around brilliantly. Yeah, fair play to them. I mean, there's not many yeah. would would do that. I mean, I know Lee Johnson's gone from Bristol City, but they stuck with him through two or three bad patches. And at least, it, although it didn't work out in the end for him, at least he did get the full run of... He, he saw out his narrative, effectively. He, he, he ran the full run of it, and he, he got to find out whether he was going to be able to do the job or not. And as likely as not, they could have ended up in exactly the same position Vice of two or three other managerial changes in the same time. With Southampton, I'd be loath to think that they could actually have improved on what they've ended up doing since that 9-0 if they had have changed managers, because I'm not sure there's anybody that could have done a better job than Hassan Hüttel, or the Rabbit Hutch, as I believe it's, it's, it's the meaning, <laughs> um, has done since um, since that time. He's, he's really turned it around. I like him. He's quite an agreeable guy as well. But, but more importantly for them, he's a good manager. And as you said, Andy, it's an entertaining team to watch now. Um, one of those fixtures that I'm hoping will be pretty attractive next season, um, home and away, whether we'll get to go to the games is another matter. But uh, I'm looking at the stats, by the way, Saints... If you look at the stats, you'd think Saints dominated everything because they had 68% overall, 21 shots to our 10, six of those on target to our two. Um, they had far more corners as well, three times as much. Um, and we hit, committed hit, more hit fouls. Hit the woodwork twice. 
Yeah, exactly. One, they, uh, had the goldest loud. As yeah. I say, it was a one-all massacre. Yeah. Um, I mean, and, and also the save of the save of the season. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, that was my next point. Was Ryan? Um, I think in general had a really good game and was my man of the match. Um, but that that save in the second half from I forget who it was actually one of the centre backs. Vestergaard. 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 Yeah. He, he really he, is a dreadful player. But that was one heck of a shot. That was one hell of a shot, wasn't it? It was a rocket because he dug in. It swirled. It was a it was a swirling rocket. Um, and a swirling <laughs> rocket. It was. <laughs> it was. It was travelling. Um, when it gets hit, it stays hit. So there we go. That's our cliche of the week. It's a good thing. He, <laughs> good thing he wasn't blindfooted. By it, yeah, that's right. Could have been a real problem. But no, when it when it's hit, it stays hit. And it was really travelling, and he had little time to react. It was swerving in the air, a swirling rocket, and um, he got—he just got a fingertip touch to it. And I mean, I think that's possibly save of the season. Match of the day were suggesting it's one of the saves of the season um, overall. Um, I'm struggling to think of anything in particular that that I can recall. It. Um, sure, oh, I don't know certainly, Ryan saved the season. And oh, definitely, yeah. yeah. I think that there, there's all sorts of nonsense going on. North Stand chat, for instance, about Ryan mm. needing replace. There, there, there's even a post that claimed that Button should have started that game. <laughs> Based <God>. on, <laughs> and I, I told you that we've got our own idiots for fans. Yeah, right? it really can be. And there's some great people on there as well on our forums. But there's also Bournemouth have just equalised in the 94th minute. Ooh, Bournemouth. Yeah. Too little, too Nin- late, maybe. 94th minute, 94th minute. Well, they've been coming. They've been on top for yeah. a while. Do you want to hear what the Rabbit Hutch had to say after the game about the match? He um, he said on the BBC site, at half-time it was a disaster. Um, I would have thought the first half was more of a disaster than half-time, hopefully. But anyway, um, he said, we were not the team you have seen in the last weeks in the first half, but we played much quicker, made the right decisions, and it was a good game in the second half. We made a few changes, maybe too many, but what can you do? We didn't find the right tools in the first half, but it was a very intensive build-up at half-time. Whereas Potter said, every point is hard-earned in the Premier League. We've got two more games to get some more, and this was an important point. Matt Ryan wasn't happy about his performance against Manchester City, but that's the ups and downs of football. Sometimes you're the hero, and sometimes you're the villain, certainly if you're a goalie. Um, And he said, if we had been being honest, Southampton were much better in the second half and pushed us back. We had to defend for our lives and make blocks. Um, I think it's... uh, Pretty much sums it up well, I'd say. It, it um, looks like it's offside. Bournemouth are disallowed going in the last minute. Oh, yes! <laughs> right, can I have a rant about Bournemouth then? <laughs> Go on then. <laughs> I hate Bournemouth with a passion there. It's, it's a matter. J- jumped it's... up little club. Plucky <laughs> little Bournemouth. Is Go it, on. Is it? Plucky little Bournemouth with their Russian oligarchs money. I can't stand any club. That's run by Petro, yeah. the Petro dollar, yeah. and let let them sink into nothingness. Ouch! These are harsh words. Yeah, com- is, confirmed. It's disallowed. It is disallowed. <laughs> That's got to be it now for them. Um, I mean, they can just claw it back, aren't they? In terms, obviously, the catching us isn't it? They've got to win. They've got to win at Everton and hope Watford lose their last two games and Villa don't get four points. Basically, I think. Yeah. yeah. Not going to be easy. Well, there we go. Well, that's a hell of a rant, Andy. I'm, I'm glad you've expressed your feelings for us. Um, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd agree with the sentiments. I'm not sure I'm quite so passionate about it as that. But, but I do think, yeah, it's been a club that's overspent when it, when it came in and they've carried on in a similar vein. They haven't really built the infrastructure they would have, um, the fans would have probably wanted or preferred. Um, and they've really, I think they're now going to suffer um, if they do go down, as seems likely. Um, they're really not set for it. I think if they manage to hang on to some of their players and Eddie Howe, and Eddie Howe can change the mentality wow. around, which may be. Smug, smug Eddie to Watford is the next big move. Yeah, well, he could be, couldn't he? Yeah, <laughs> smug Eddie to Watford. <laughs> yeah, he could He could indeed. And Or maybe maybe Burnley he could go back to Burnley. I don't think he'll go north, though. But, uh, we'll see no, I don't think Burnley well. would want him back after the way he left them last time. And Yeah. There yeah, are rumours that... Deitch has pretty much had enough, isn't it? Yeah, I think there's no there's no forward thinking. I think it's just treading water seems to be the yeah. mentality of the club, which is understandable in one sense. I think ultimately Burnley are achieving 
I wouldn't say overachieving, but they're achieving. Yeah, I don't know what more they can do without... The problem um, for Daishi is his brand of football, it wouldn't be that popular at a lot of the clubs who maybe yeah. he progressed to. Yeah. So where did he go? You know, yeah. so yeah. that he can things out, find margins, that kind of thing. You know, one-on-one battles. Um, hmm. Yeah, they've improved. I mean, they're they're really hard to beat. Of course, is a cliche comment, um, but they have improved season on season in terms of the small details. I think they've improved their away records. They've become harder to beat away, and picked up I think twice as many points nowadays as they did when they first started in the division. Somebody was saying somewhere. Um, well, so they've, and, and they've got a really good um, attacking player now. Dwight McNeil is a really good. Player. Yeah, he is, isn't he? I don't know how long they'll keep hold of him because they. Yeah. Yeah, maybe that's part of the issue. Maybe there's Andy there's two, nil. two nil. Two nil. Two nil. Ninety eighth minute. <laughs> Salt in the well, wounds. Bournemouth. <laughs> 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 we'll have to make sure we tweet a load of Bournemouth um, connections on, uh, to get them to listen to this. <laughs> Eddie Howe looks like he's sucking lemons. <laughs> <laughs> well, there we go. Yeah, some humility earned at last, eh? So he's, a, he's a little bit, a bit, bit of a wasp chewer. Uh, <laughs> I mean, they have certainly. I think they've overachieved to be up there. To get in there was an achievement. Fair play to them, even though they spent too yeah, much money doing it. But they've they, stayed they, up they five years. Money from all the Russian oligarchs. Money yeah, it's not mer- it's not meritocratous, is it? It's, yeah, it's, I never liked that the whole plucky. It's like everyone's lording wolves now these days, and it's like, well, wolves spent so much money mm-hmm. to get up, and have spent a lot of money through it Mendes, the agent, since then. Yeah, I mean that's that's the thing with wolves. It's I, yeah. I can't quite work out that relationship. There is a relationship. That's it. Two nil. Wolves. I don't, Game I don't over. Know why it's gone with wolves? But but wolves, I've got plenty of time for the way they play football. They're yeah. also another one that is difficult to break down. Hmm. But wow, they're they're good. Wolves. Are yeah, good. they've got a weird combination of like thirty million pound players and players yeah. who are struggling the championship for them, like Doherty and Cody, Doherty, who their fans Doherty, were Doherty, against Doherty. at that stage, and then have done brilliantly. Mm. And and Traore is uh, is amazing, and the yeah. way it's been used actually since lockdown, because yeah. they score all their goals in the second half, and he comes um, on a lot, doesn't he, in the second yeah, half? He, he comes on after sixty minutes or so. Yeah. But, and and it's, I think, whereas before, he, his pace was difficult to deal with, but he didn't put in the crosses. Now, like, some of the crosses onto him and his head this season have been excellent. Yeah. The West Ham, that first goal they scored was like that, I think. Well, I yeah, look at... I mean, Nuno's done an absolutely brilliant job of turning him from you know, a, a raw talent into a serious one. Yeah. Um, and I look at that team and I think... <laughs> but no end product whatsoever. And... and now it's here. Yeah, I look yeah. at that team and I just think they've they've got staying power. They're well they're well structured. They operate very Young efficiently. Squad. Well, Young squad, really yeah. They they um they, they operate with a smallish squad successfully as well. Um and I like Nuno, I think he's a good manager. They've definitely got staying power. What about others though, like Sheffield United? How do you think they'll do next season? Um will people have found them out or is it not really a case of that? Is it more a case of can they sustain their levels? Well, last last time I was on, we were actually all saying that they could struggle. But, mm. uh, because I think they might. They've been pretty resilient since. Um, yeah, they've come back, I haven't they? I certainly don't think they'll be finishes, finishing as high at the table next season as they do this season. Um, but mid-table, maybe? Uh, Who knows? Maybe where Southampton are, something like that at the moment. Or Palace, that sort of position in the table, say 14th, 13th. Well, Palace are the team that really are struggling at the moment. Aren't they? Yeah, we could catch them still. It's annoying, actually, that equaliser, isn't it? Ings equaliser. Uh, not not so much in terms of securing safety, 100%, yeah. but it's more actually so in the fact that we were two points worse off in our, our late bid to overtake Palace, which we still could do with winnable games. I don't well, know who they've got. 42. Yeah, they're, they're four behind, four ahead of us. 41, I think. Uh, no idea they've got left, but... um. I have a look at them, but but they um yeah they're, they're I think they're four points ahead of us if I'm not mistaken, yeah. So we'll have to see. But um overall though yeah I mean I think looking at the teams I think Palace potentially could struggle. I think Newcastle might have done if it wasn't for the possible scenarios going on with the new owners. And West Ham's the other weird one, isn't it? Because they should be doing better with what they've got. 
Um, are they going to persist with Moyes? And would he go stale? Would things go off the rails? If not, then we're looking to the um, to making major improvements of our own, or um, looking to those teams coming up who we mentioned. I think, I think with, if Dyche goes, we'll be discussing earlier. I think Burnley will be in tr- you know, a bit of trouble as well. He's, yeah, he, he's got yeah. them overachieving, and they've got a very, very kind of tight knit group. I think if someone else comes in, that might not be so so good. It might not work so well. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. I'm um, interested. Palace have got Wolves away and Tottenham at home. Yeah, I'm just uh, going to say that. Just look that up. That's not easy, actually. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Spurs have um, got I a little think, bit of form I think again. Yeah, they'll struggle. I suspect that West Ham might be looking okay. Um, now, this may sound like hindsight, but I can remember before the lockdown, I did send a post to our message board that if West Ham went, I would willingly take Suchek, Antonio and Bowen off them. Um, but that Suchek mm. looks one hell of a player. And Antonio would be absolutely perfect purchase for us as a, as a forward. Yeah. The problem, with, the problem with Antonio is his injury record. Yeah, but he can mm. play on his own up, up top. He can, he can play um, wide right. He can play in a pair. He'd be perfect alongside uh, with Mopay as our kind of yeah. key strikers. Say, just check, yeah. Palace, Palace are five, five points ahead of us, so they'd have to lose both those games pretty much. Um, but, uh, sorry? Um, they could draw one if we have to win both. Oh yeah, true. Yeah, that's, that's true. But, um, yeah. I think our goal difference is already better than theirs. Yeah. And would only yeah. improve. Well, um, we'll see. Um, Newcastle, we're playing them next. Um, they've been a mixed bag. I mean, they got a 4-1 win at Bournemouth. They drew two all at home to West Ham. Thrashed at Man City um, with a with a not first choice City team going out on the field as well. Um, they then lost two one at Watford, conceding the lead, didn't they? And then were beaten three one at home by Spurs. Real mixed bag. No particular form guy to, to go to there, is it? Other than to say inconsistent. Um, they also about four centre halves out among uh, potentially up to eight injuries potentially. Yeah, and they've got well, one of whom for. is uh, Sam Maxim, who I think probably is their best player. So. Would be really oh, good if he's out. That would be a huge bonus if he's out. Yeah, I mean they're sitting That's right mid table. Yeah, yeah. forty three points. I fancy us if he's out. I yeah. fancy us to win this game. Yeah, I, I called a one all draw for the Saints game by the way, and keeping my good run going, I'm going to go for a three one win on Monday tomorrow. Um, it's less. It feels like less pressure now with Bournemouth losing. Yeah. It's only only Villa can catch us, and their goal difference is quite a lot worse. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's, it feels it's like. Worse um, Bournemouth was, wasn't it? Yeah, I think, I think they're about 11 behind us on goal difference or something. Uh, so, yeah. That's it right. would take yeah. quite big turnaround for them to catch us, really, wouldn't it? I mean, we, it would basically be two wins, two defeats, and then like an average of three. almost three goals per yeah. per game. So yeah. that's quite a big... And for Newcastle, they've got nothing to play for as such. Um, 43 points, mid-table. Um, we we technically could still catch them as well if could. we win tomorrow. Yeah, we've got a better goal difference than they have already. Yeah, and I think they got Liverpool home the last game. Have so, yeah, I think it's in our interest to try and see out the season at home with a good result and yeah. take it to Burnley. I mean, Newcastle. I, I saw a few of their games at the beginning of the lockdown, and I thought they were looking impressive. I mean, it was Sam Maxman, uh, um, especially that was their impressive player, but. I think they've been solid defensively this season. I think Bruce has actually done a really, really good job. There was a lot of um, laughter and scepticism when he took over. Um, And we had a great time up in Newcastle like we normally do. Uh, And I really want to go back there. That's the best away day. Yeah, it's a great city. Great away day. It's good having the ground in the centre as well, isn't it? Largely speaking. The cathedral. Yeah. Mm. yeah, absolutely. It really is sitting as a beacon at the top of the hill there. Um, yeah. yeah, it's a great away day. And I'm, I'm looking forward to the fact that we can, well, subject to the lockdown, we can we could potentially do that next season. Um, on that happy note, we're, we're coming towards the end of the, um, the episode. So just uh, any other thoughts on the season so far or um, anything for the, um, the games coming up? Um, I think it's just, it's just nice to be pretty much there now. You know, we're almost... Pressure's off a bit, you know, we've kind of, we've generally, I'm, I've been really happy with this season as a whole, as I think we said before on here. And 
yeah, it would be good to have get that first season under Potter behind us, and then hopefully look to to build. And if we don't build next season, it'll be disappointing. You know, if we don't, if we're still right in the bottom four or five again, yeah. that will be kind of like, it'll be it'll be almost a step back because the whole point of Potter was to yeah. um yeah to kind of come in and build and hopefully move away from being bottom five every season. And the interesting one will be that if we can get four points from the last two games, we get more points than we've had in the Premier League in the two first two seasons. We yeah. have our highest points total, which would be good. Yeah, that, that would be good if we could achieve that as a finishing note for um, for our season this year. Yeah, so lots of hope and expectancy looking upwards, Andy, would you say as well? Yeah, um, well, I take a slightly different view to Peter. Peter's looking for mathematical safety. I kind of thought that we were a safe a while ago, actually. Now, obviously, this is a dreadful thing to say live, the podcast that can be referred back to. And <laughs> it could probably be the end of it for you. But um, I was... I, it, it wasn't about us. It was about the other teams. I, I just couldn't see them getting beyond 33 mm. points or so. And I still think that will be the case. Yeah, looking um, at the body language and the way the way yeah. heads are down. and. Uh, I mean, the well, fitness as well. But, but Peter's quite right. Let's let's go. Let's try and up things a little bit. Let's try and get four points from these last two games, or or even six. So kind of look up now. Mm. Um, uh, uh, try and do it. Probably won't come off, but if it does, then all the better. Uh, and in terms of next season, I, I couldn't be more positive about next season. You know, Mopan and Trostard, another season in the in the Premier League. Hopefully, we. I've been saying it for a while, we need quality signings, two or three quality signings, hopefully they come in. Dunk, Webster and White, Lamptey, Ryan, Basima, you know, what's not lot to like? like. Um, I'll say, hopefully fit again after his operation. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I think a lot next season will depend on who we can get in this summer. Because I agree with you that Malpe Trostard, hopefully McAllister will improve as well. But we yep. still need that extra couple of really quality attackers. Like we've needed, to be honest, since we come up, really. And yeah. if we can get a couple of those in, and I think Potter's in a better position to attract them because of the football he plays compared to Hewton, then mm-hmm. I really think we could, yeah, we could actually be mid-table. If we're not that far off, it's just, in the start of the season, we were having so many teams we were dominating, we just couldn't finish them off. And yeah, if we can yeah. get that couple of extra players into maybe one for the final ball and one to, f- to finish off better, then, yeah. And I've, I've mentioned it before. I can't remember if it was on the pod or not, but I'm, my, my other sort of football crush man is, uh, is Brewster, I think. If we, if we can't get a permanent signing of the right quality or two signings in the forward positions, whatever we think we need, uh, Brewster as a, as a loan signing would be a really good option for me. What, I wait, think, this is Ryan Brewster, is it? I think it's pronounced, I think it's Ryan. Ryan, pronounced, Ryan but yeah, yeah. But he's, he's a Liverpool player, is he? Yeah, yeah, he's thought highly of by Liverpool, so I'm not sure we'd be able to get him on a permanent, certainly not for the time but being. He's a forward. He's a yeah. forward. He's a, he's a, he's a big, strong, um, a conventional centre forward. He's got a hell of a shot on him. He scored a cracking goal. Don't know if you saw it at the weekend. Um, at Forest, the first of two times they took the lead in a two-all draw, and the ball just came to him on the half volley, and he hit it with purpose, caught it sweet as you can, curved away from the goalie to the inside post, and the goalie just didn't have a chance. And when you shoot to the near post and he hasn't got a chance, you know that's uh, that's, that's been a really good shot. And he's consistently looking good. And he's the sort of striker that we're missing, the missing ingredient. But he's mobile and interactive enough to not be just a lump at the top. He's, he's more than that. And I think yeah, I'm, I'm hoping yeah. that what's happened with Lamptey and the, the connections with Ashworth will allow us to bring in one or two, whether yeah. it's on loan from big club, yeah. top six clubs, or whether it's permanent deals when players just want to get some first-team football and try and develop, whatever. But that sort of deal, we're going to get like a couple more of those deals in the summer if we can, you know, yeah. relatively I mean, reasonably we... priced and it... Because, I mean, Lamptey, I know he obviously made a mistake on um, on Thursday. Um, but other than that, he's looked superb since he's come in, I think. And, yeah, if we can get some more titles like that, because we've got a, a manager who obviously will play players if they're good enough. And we've got a, you know, a kind of, we've got hmm. people on the team who used to play for, you know, both in Bolton, England set up, so know about the contacts there. Yeah. That could be a real bonus. Yeah. So um, I think, you know, it, it all depends. I mean, it's, it's an option, isn't it, to get loans? We've, we've pretty much um, shied away from using loans, haven't we? I think we had more in the earlier part of this season and one or two other people here and there. But we haven't really been using them as much as we relied on them before, which is yeah, a good thing, I, I think, I, overall. I, that, that was a step change when yeah. Keaton came in, wasn't it, yeah. really? 
Yeah. I think that's one of the reasons that we're so well set up when we came up because mm. we didn't have to replace loads of loan players, unlike, yeah. say, Leeds will have to, unlike Villa, Fulham have had to, unlike Villa had to. Villa had to buy half the players they'd been loaning yeah. previously, so that's half of their budget gone straight yeah, away. Yeah, stick where they were. They spent about 70 million quid, and so that's a huge blow to... Yeah, so it might be, an op- it might be a good option on this occasion, I think, Brewster, and who knows if... Um, if other things change for Liverpool, they've, they've got other people coming through. Maybe Brewster's available to, to buy after a one or two year loan period with us or something like that. I'd, I'd love to see him. He'd be an option. Yeah. Um, one yeah, other person I mean, actually... just, just to speak against that, um, I, I do think that this summer window might be the time that Bloom goes for buying strikers because mm. it's supposed to be depressed. Um, yeah. The market's supposed to be depressed. Mm. And that, that's the time that a clever guy like him, whose club is in in just about every a- other area in a perfect position, he's willing to go for it. Yeah, that's a very good point. I think he's he's and he's savvy. He'll he'll realise any opportunities uh, of timing um, with business opportunities, acquisitions, etc. Um, there there to, are mutterings around a few players as well. I've seen a couple of Middlesbrough youngsters. Um, Tavernier and Spence mentioned hmm. linked with us. And the interesting one who keeps being mentioned, who I can't say it, is Lalana. Yeah. I really yeah. can't. It doesn't strike me as a POSSA signing, but who knows? I noticed that. And Raymond, again, mentioned earlier, and he, he's a big fan of the notion of that. Um, he thinks it would be good. I mean, he's got loads of experience, mainly in the Premier League. Hmm. And um, I think he's, certainly there's nothing wrong with his head. His attitude's always been pretty good from reports from various clubs he's been at. Whether oh, he would fit in. Yeah, I think I think he's the professional's professional actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm not so sure that he's what we need, despite the fact that he, he is such. He's got great vision. You know, he's a great player. He's injured too much. Um, yeah, I agree with that. I think that's a worry. That's he's probably won quite high wages too, as well. Mm, well, I I doubt he'll nec- necessarily take take that actually. Um, I, I don't think that will guide his decision about where where he goes next. Yeah. What the one report I heard this morning was that he's, I think we got Southampton obviously, and I, I think he's from like the south coast originally. Yeah, he's might from give Dorset, us a, I think. Might yeah. give us an edge somewhere if that's the one thing that might be in our favour. If he's and yeah, yeah maybe he will, he wants to just come and play somewhere rather than be back near where he's from. Rather than yeah, you know, he's got he must have earned a lot of money at Liverpool, so does he need more? Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, my problem with him is he, he doesn't have pace either, and that's what we need. We, yeah. we need a kind of wide attacking player with pace. Hmm. And to me, he seems just too similar to Gross, um, Moy, McAllister. Hmm. You know, yeah. we've got three players like that. I, I know he's something different, but um, as far as I, I mean, I haven't really seen McAllister try and stretch his legs, but neither of those three are. Yeah. Great pace, do they? Um, final point, and also talking about players, a few people that we have been showing interest in and have, have either signed or are about to. Uh, young Zach Emerson, who made his debut at age 15 and something, uh, 15 years old in a certain number of months, uh, for Oldham this season, went on to make three starts, I think, or three appearances in the league and one start in the cup. Um, we're apparently signing him in the rumours of a six-figure fee. Um, we're also interested in... Uh, well, there's rumours of Sam Morsey at Wigan, but we have been having more direct connections with... I've forgotten his name, actually. Uh, uh, Jason, no, Jensen Weir. Jensen Weir, who is Peter Weir. Uh, David, son. David Peter, Weir's son. David oh. Weir, sorry, not Peter yeah, Weir. He's yeah. a film director. Yes, David Weir's son. David Weir, of course, being on our, our books as a member of staff, um, ex-player himself. Um, Lone liaison manager or something like that. Yeah, along those lines, yeah, that's it. And um, he, he did one of the Q&As for Seagulls over London during lockdown. Came across really well, actually. He's, he's an articulate, interesting guy to, to hear speak. Um, so he's not just a bruising centre-back, <laughs> as you might imagine from his days then. But he's, he's good. So, yeah, it might be interesting if we get them in. Um, other players have been linked. We've also signed Carl Rushworth, obviously had a longer-term deal fairly recently, but also a couple of other goalies, uh, Rocco Reese and a guy called, I think it's Tally, his name, um, two under-18s have signed their first professional deals, although they're obviously not going to see the light of day at the Albion anytime very soon, but they might be the latest to go out on loans, I guess, in the next two-year period uh, somewhere. Um, so lots going on, plenty more will be going on, and we'll be doing some transfer chats and various other things as the season goes on. One or two more of these um, regular podcasts to do. During the summer, by the way, Andy, we're probably going to do some um, some specials or 
our top 10, this, that, or the others, um, or our squads of something or other. Um, one of which we're hoping to do is our shithouse 11. Um, I'm, I'm looking at how much you were smiling at the Morpay goal celebration conversation earlier. I'm sure you'd enjoy joining in on that one when you as much as Robin yeah, has already expressed he would. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it, it's Robin that needs to take credit for that. Yeah. But, um, it's it's um, getting the wider audience. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so we'll look um, forward to that. Yeah. <laughs> but in the meantime, I've seen someone refer to him as Le Petit Maison de Merde. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got to get the proper translation. You can't half do it, can you? Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> right. Well, on that uh, lovely note, I think we'll leave it there. Uh, we look forward to tomorrow's game, Newcastle at the Amex, our final behind closed doors game for this season, at least. And um, I'm going 3 1. Let's hope we can get something like that. That will do nicely. In the meantime, thank you very much to Andy. Thank you for not asking me to do a quiz. Yes, I've, I've deliberately avoided that for now. I still might subject it's you later. <laughs> and thank you, of course, as always, to Peter. Cheers, cheers Pete. Excellent. So cheers, boys. Stand or fall up the Albion. Okay. Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.